Coming up on podcast 1651, the Fisker Ocean finally gets driven. A first drive review, stick around, and I'll tell you what it's like. Also on the show today, Kia bins off its best petrol car in favour of electric, BMW's new class platform, and Tesla backing down on salvaged vehicles. Those stories and a lot more coming up today. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. EV News Daily for Friday 11th of November. My name is Martin Lee, and I've been through every EV story, so you don't have to. We'll start with some news about Volvo. Now, not so much Volvo cars, but Volvo as a group, really trying to decarbonize and doing a great job about it. And one of the topics that I've discussed maybe a handful of times on this podcast over the last... 1,600 episodes, is the need to make cars as green as possible. Not just zero tailpipe emissions, but, you know, all cars have steel and pretty much all steel is using fossil fuels to be made. And Volvo delivering their first electric trucks with fossil-free steel. Earlier this September, Volvo Trucks started production of their 44-tonne electric trucks. Some of them also came with fossil-free steel, made by the Swedish manufacturer SSAB using a new technology with green hydrogen and renewable electricity. It's a lower climate impact to make vehicles, an important step towards net zero. The first steel made with hydrogen is being used in the electric truck's frame rails and the backbone of the truck, upon which all of the other components are mounted. As the availability of fossil-free steel increases, it'll be introduced to other parts of the truck. Now, there's already a very, from what I understand about this, a very established recycling or circular economy with steel. So you can recycle steel, and therefore, of course, it's got a lot of that embedded carbon already written off because it's been made once already. And that's not new. That's been going on for a very long time, and steel recycling is a very big industry. So the the, the need to recycle is hugely important, but also for new steel to be as fossil-free as possible, which at the, not, at the minute it's not really dirty way um, of making a material, which affects all cars regardless of how they're powered, but it's an important topic, and one that I won't labour, but we'll, we'll keep revisiting that over the years on this show. Now, Kia saying goodbye to the Stinger, because the Stinger can't keep up with the EV6. Uh, Kia Motors removing the Stinger from sale ahead of the arrival of the Kia EV6 GT version. The Stinger was last updated two years ago when the engine lineup was just whittled down to one turbocharged V6, but even though it was as potent as a combustion car as they could make, it doesn't have anything on the Kia EV6 GT, not to 62 miles an hour, three and a half seconds, the most powerful production car that Kia has made in the entire history of the company. So they're retiring the Stinger because, let's face it, when the Kia EV6 GT is around, who needs it? With a 77.4 kilowatt hour battery, 265 miles of rated range on an 800 volt charging system with an 80% charge in 18 minutes. Okay, so optimal conditions. It does cold gate a little bit. It likes it nice and warm if you can find the right charger. But still, that EV6 is a cracking car. Looking forward to seeing this equivalent, the N version of the Ionic 5 at some point. No further details on that yet. Now, headline story, the Fisker Ocean has been driven. Our first drive review. Motor Trend in America had their time behind the wheel and our drive of the electric 2023 Fisker Ocean SUV, which hit streets this year, suggests that Henrik Fisker 
the designer, the man behind the company, might finally have on a winner on his hands. It's a cool, classy, competent take on what is becoming the planet's hottest vehicle segment, a mid-size electric SUV. More important, though, behind the Fisker EV is a manufacturing infrastructure with proven track records over decades. They're not trying to build their own factories. They are getting Magna. Uh, the Canadian company, but this is their Austrian subsidiary to build the vehicles. Magna have been building everything from sports cars to sedans and luxury cars in high volumes as well over the years, and they know how to put a car together, and so that's who will be building the Fisker Ocean, but it's their own platform. So it's it's Magna's platform, uh, co-developed with Magna and Fisker, but importantly, Henrik Fisker says that Fisker have the IP, and so they can do with it what they want. The Ocean has all the right specs, about 2.9-metre wheelbase, so not a a huge SUV, Um, and that's 115 inches, by the way, and doing all the right things like a conventional skateboard design, McPherson struts up front, multi-link rear suspension, e-motors on each axle. The base model Ocean, by the way, uh, front-wheel drive. Dual-motor versions, though, are on that one. The rear motor can decouple under certain conditions. That makes the vehicle more efficient to make it a front-wheel drive-only vehicle. 275 horsepower, by the way, on each of the e-motors. And different batteries, according to the two versions of the car as well. So the base model Fisker Ocean is a lithium-ion phosphate battery in the front-wheel drive version. Otherwise, you go for the long range, and then you get CATL's NMC technology. So again, not using one size fits all, being sensible, different battery chemistries and packs like Tesla would do, for instance, according to what you want out of the vehicle. More than 100 kilowatt hours of usable capacity, 10 to 80 percent, less than 35 minutes. I wouldn't be surprised if that is maybe 32, 33. Uh, That is all the right ballpark, by the way. Uh, The front wheel drive entry level version, $37,499. Wow. If they manage to sell that SUV Single motor, 275 horsepower, with decent range. For that money? Woo! That remains great value. Um, It is about the size. It's a bit longer, wider and taller than a Model E and a Model Y um, or the Ionic 5. But still, um, the Ionic 5 has a slightly longer wheelbase. That's about three metres on the nose. I think Fisker says they have 60,000 ocean pre-orders, and they can't wait to get those into the hands of people very soon. Will the vehicle be finished? Well, it'll be finished. You can drive it. But Henrik Fisker says the ocean, although official production begins this week as I speak, the vehicle assembled in Graz in Austria by Magna uh, will be as done as it can be, apart from the software niceties. And by niceties, I mean blind spot monitoring, lane keep assistance, automatic high beam. All of that, they say, is coming soon with an over-the-air update. And I'm not done yet. Lane centering assist, cruise control, traffic jam assist. None of those coming until the end of 2023. Vehicle to home and vehicle to grid technologies. About two years away with Fisker's power bank. And he claimed that the ocean will have more range than any vehicle in its class of 350 miles. And that's entirely sensible in terms of waiting for those features as long as the buyers know that it's coming and that they're working on it. Lucid's done exactly the same thing. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be better to get the vehicle out to those early adopters? Look, if you've taken a punt on buying a Fisker, you're not normal. And by that, I mean, you're not the kind of person that walks into a car dealer on a Saturday afternoon because your finance agreement's up and it's like, oh, what can I get next, right? You are EV aware. You've put a lot of these buyers have put $5,000 plus down, by the way. So 
I think that's refundable. I'm not sure, right? So you have taken a risk. You're taking a punt on a new name and and on Fisker, who failed the first time, right? So um, I, yeah, yeah, with all respect, you're not typical. I say not normal as well. Um, and I think those buyers are going to be more open to the car, having the software updated and those features arriving when they can. But we'll wait and see. Now we'll talk about Tesla in uh, China. Once again, Giga Shanghai. And the annual run rate. The annual run rate is how many vehicles they can make in a year in an ideal scenario. So they took October's numbers, data from China, revealing that if you take October's number of 87,706 vehicles made, threes and whys. That puts Giga China on 1.05 million vehicles annualized. Now, again, there's shutdowns, there's retooling, uh, there's Chinese holidays, but still, but still, uh, that's over a million vehicles a year, which is incredible. Massive congratulations to the Tesla team. That is such an achievement. So cool they've been able to do that. And also, it does mean that there is plenty of well, plenty of capacity coming out of there. Whether demand can match it, I don't know. I had an email from one of my Australian listeners to say, hey, look, we're still facing six months delay to get one of these vehicles. You keep talking about how you can get a Tesla at the end of the month, and it still says for me November on Model Y, and we're halfway through now. Uh, and yet he's saying, look, Aussie still, and it's, you know, that's right-hand drive market as well. So I'm not pretending that it's, it's the same everywhere. That's just what it is here. Also talking Tesla Shanghai, by the way, delivering over 550,000 vehicles in the first 10 months of the year. uh, 554,778, by the way, up to the end of October. Deliveries uh, were, again, like I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, only 71,000 in October. So 16,000 cars, you know, less than were made. So uh, some reasons for that, but it could be the first sign that perhaps a little price reduction is coming in China. And again, I've said it before, I'll say it again, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the because the UK now showing November deliveries, you know, to get a car in the next two weeks is unheard of with Tesla. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we saw some price reductions at the beginning of, at least sometime in the first quarter. If I was desperate to buy a Tesla now, I would, obviously, in the UK. If you were just kind of thinking about it, and you can delay that purchase, and there's nothing for you to lose between now and January, maybe I would wait. Because looking at looking at just kind of things like the economy and inflation, I mentioned this yesterday as well, just the way things are going, I wouldn't be surprised if they've got a little bit of wiggle room in their profit margins to knock the prices down. And maybe not of all. I, would, I don't think SNX would change, but... I'm not sure there are prices on SNX, by the way, on the UK website. Um, but, uh, yes, I wouldn't be surprised if, if even the Ys, not even three, if Y got a little bit cheaper. I don't know. I'm just guessing. I'm probably going to be completely wrong. Now, uh, on the way soon, we'll talk about BMW's new class platform and uh, why BYD are doing so well. Stick around. That's on the way. Okay, let's talk about BMW getting their act together. Oof, sorry, cheap shot, I know. But BMW had an early lead and then blew it and then talked about the, you know, their power of choosing what car is made in the factory, whether the next one down the line is a petrol car or a battery car. All of that is fine, BMW, but it really is a compromise unless you design a pure EV platform. Not saying it can't be done. Look at BMW with the i7, fabulous vehicle. 
and that comes in various flavours. BMW, though, are saying that their new class platform for EV-dedicated platform is going to be paramount to their move into the EV era. It'll be half of BMW sales by 2030, and they've released some key specifications on this new platform featuring new generations of cylindrical batteries and electric motors, they say. BMW CTO, Chief Technology Officer Frank Weber, telling Car Magazine, I'm a proud uh, subscriber to Car Magazine, by the way. But then again... I love a magazine through my letterbox because I'm old-fashioned and stuff like that. And I like supporting journalism. More importantly, um, being serious about it, uh, if you do have a couple of quid spare every month and you don't have to, you know, uh, look at Patreon for this podcast, um, love supporting magazines uh, because I think journalism does a really important job. But there we go. Uh, So, uh, yes, I'm a subscriber to Car Magazine and um, I saw that uh, the CTO of BMW uh, saying that this uh, new technology is pack-to-body or pack-to-open body technology. Taylor making its battery sizes to fit any model by using the 4680 or the 46XX cells rather than prismatic cells, doubling by the implementation of new sustainability measures. uh, And they say that in addition... The new cells will be 20% lighter than what they currently use, 50% less costly than their current technology, and 60% less CO2 during production. The combination of the 800-volt architecture and a high-performance charger increases the range to 375 miles for every 30 minutes of charging, he said. And uh, you could probably get the battery pack from zero to 95% on some of the models in 12 minutes, which is crazy. Um, Most future new class models will feature rear-wheel drive or all-wheel drive, and uh, the motors, they say, the next generation of motors they are working on, offer peak performance, high energy density, excellent repeatability, he said, and low noise emissions. 97% efficiency on their electric motors. Tesla are now allowing salvaged owners or salvaged vehicle owners, not a salvaged owner, or if you're a salvaged owner, you've got problems. No, the owner of a salvaged vehicle to use their supercharging network. A big issue for many people over the last few years. In 2020, Tesla blocked supercharging access to a car that had technically been written off as a salvaged title. Oftentimes, Teslas are so expensive to repair, even if it's just bent metal. Bent panels. Um, oftentimes, insurance companies will would rather write it off. Now, over here, what do we, what do we call it? Category, they've changed it. It was category N and category S for structural. Um, you, you can buy a car that's been written off, by the way, and, and repaired and passed its MOT. Absolutely pucker repair. But... Tesla said, if it's a written-off vehicle, salvage title, uh, I guess the US call that, uh, you can't use the supercharger. Now, I, at the time, when this happened, said I would do exactly the same thing. Because if I was Mr. Musk, and I'd built out a supercharging network, and a vehicle is involved in a crash so big that the insurance company write it off. And again, it could just be that it was the wrong bit of metal was bent, wasn't worth repairing. That doesn't mean we should put it in a skip, and that that vehicle can be repaired. But... Don't turn off DC charging in general. I think that was that would be bad. Don't turn off AC charging, which they would they were turning off DC charging completely. Just, I just wouldn't allow access to the supercharging network because they're my chargers. If I'm Mister Tesla, well, they're my chargers. I haven't inspected the vehicle to make sure that it's not going to make the whole charging station go bang and pop, and maybe all of the cars plugged into it go bang and pop, and so. No, that's my closed network. <laughs> like like it or not, I wouldn't allow them on it. That wasn't 
that wasn't a universally popular opinion when I shared that a couple of years ago. People are like, no, you're absolutely wrong, Martin. I'm not so sure. But either way, the website Electrek has obtained internal documents that detail a new process being put in place to then inspect a salvaged vehicle that's been put back on the road in order to sign it off effectively and allow it back on the supercharging network. Good stuff. And BYD, a bit of weekend reading for you. BYD explaining how they became not only China's number one EV maker, but overtook Tesla in the process. The Chinese billionaire who's BYD, uh, Wang Shanfu, who just uh, overtook Tesla as the world's biggest. EV maker has advice do more and talk less Oof, I wonder if that was aimed at anybody in particular um, his Shenzhen based company outpaced Tesla in the first half of the year selling 641,000 electric vehicles versus Tesla's 564 a fourfold increase in BYD they're on a rip right now and why because behind its pole position of innovative technology uh, the head of BYD says that the plan was always to master the technologies in the supply chain, such as batteries, motors, and controls. Take semiconductors, which no one's been able to get hold of, but BYD had no such problems. Why? They have a company called BYD Semiconductor. They literally make them themselves. They have worked over the years, quietly, by the way, not making the noise that Tesla makes, to be as vertically integrated and more so than all of their competition, so that when, you know, it hits the fan... They don't need to worry. They're not going cap in hand to suppliers because they do so much themselves. Uh, the majority of their lineup, though, it is a cheaper lineup than Tesla, uh, between 13000 and 46000 US dollars equivalent. Long article in Forbes, very, very good. Highly recommend it. I'll pop a link in the show notes so you can read more. Right, that's your podcast for today. Thanks to our premium partners, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of the Village of Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland, and Aloha Charge in Hawaii. Did I mention Volvo? I do this without notes, and sometimes I forget one. Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East. I'll listen back in a minute and go, no, you did say it. Uh, Derek Riley has his brilliant EV Review Island YouTube channel, and he's so busy right now, adding loads of great reviews to it. Uh, Richard runs RSEV. You can pop into his great showroom in New Milton, or go online and visit him for buying and selling EVs in the UK. Octopus Electric Universe, global public charging made simple, with one app and one map. Milbrookcottages.co.uk, five-star luxury cottages in Devon. Uh, that we can charge up your EV while you're there. And lease plan electric moments, all the tools and guidance that EV drivers need. Have a good and see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.